Welcome to another edition of Park Talk Podcast, the official podcast of the Naperville Park District. Welcome back to Park Talk Podcast for another episode of the 2020 State of the Naperville Park District Address. I'm your host, Samira Luthman. For this discussion, I'm pleased to welcome to our podcast studio three park and recreation experts with vast knowledge about the parks and recreation industry. There's a lot of tenure in this room, and that's a good thing. Joining me is Carl Gora, Parks and Fleet Operations Manager, Tim Quigley, South Parks Operations Manager, and Mike Lison, Head Golf Professional at Springbrook Golf Course. Welcome, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. The theme for the 2020 State of the Park District Address is Partnerships and Progress. And I know that both of those aspects relate to what's happening in the parks and golf departments of the Park District. I know that we highlighted parks and golf in the 2019 address, but things have progressed and there are definitely new things to talk about this year regarding both operations. And so Carl, I'm going to start with your area. Last year we discussed the progress of the Sustainable Parks Initiative. Would you give a little refresher on what that initiative is all about and talk a little bit about how uh, what happened in 2019 with that and then also what's planned for 2020? Okay. Well, just as a little history, the Sustainable Parks Initiative kind of formed up in late 2017, and it was sparked by some resident interest. Uh, People had come to the district and said, you know, we're very happy with how you maintain the parks, the level that the parks are maintained at, but we're wondering if you couldn't do it in a more environmentally friendly manner. So taking that in, uh, we met as a group, and we uh, kind of looked at the things that we do well already, and then we looked at some of the park maintenance practices that we thought maybe we could do a little better at uh, in an environmental fashion, um, and we came up with a plan. So as we have a lot of parks in Naperville, everyone's got one close to their neighborhood, right? And whether they go there to, you know, use athletic fields, or they're going to take the kids to the playground, or maybe the dog just take the walk out there, or uh, just enjoy some open air, um, Whatever your reason is, wouldn't it be nice to know that once you do set foot in that park, you're going into the healthiest of environments that can be provided to you. So, you know, that ultimately is the goal of the uh, Sustainable Parks Initiative, provide a very healthy, attractive park, but also one that when you get there, you know it's going to be sustainable for the long run. So, so what does that look like? We've got the end game figured out, right? So how do we get there? So the Sustainable Park Initiative has a lot of cornerstones that it relies on to get you there to be more environmentally friendly in your park maintenance, one of which is organic fertilizers. So in the Sustainable Parks, we switch to organic fertilizers, having replaced the synthetic, more chemical in, uh, in nature fertilizer. Um, we eliminated the use of Roundup or glyphosate in any of the playgrounds on or near um, throughout the district, um, but certainly throughout any sustainable park, there won't be, we won't be using any of that there. Um, and lastly, well not lastly, but you know, the other big one is weed control. So obviously we are going to have to control dandelions at some point. And so what we looked at was replacing more of a conventional synthetic uh, weed control product with something very non-toxic, uh, very earth-friendly. Um, basically it's a liquid iron and it controls uh, the weeds. So that's what we started out doing. Well, you know, that was the 2019. I mean, we're actually in our third year now, right? Um, everybody wants a, a measure of success, right? So how are we going to measure that? Well, you know, the simple way is you go by the park and you say, does it look good? You know, is it attractive? Is it still being maintained at a high level? Does it look good? And on the visual end, you know, yes, it's, it's been a success. There's no doubt. Uh, another way to measure it is when I have conversations with people who call the district for one reason or another, um, I tell you, when I start talking to them about the Sustainable Park Initiative, I get nothing but positive feedback. They're very grateful to have it happening. 
Um, and, and that tells me a lot because I, I do interact with a lot of people over the phone. Another way to judge success, I would expect, is that we have superintendents and directors calling us from other districts and they're saying, you know what, we've heard what you do. Our residents are looking for the same thing. How can we get started? You know, and that's really a nice, a nice thing to have happen. But, you know, we are in an age of metrics, and people like to have numbers. So how can you measure this in numbers? Um, so you look at what we've done. So in those eight sustainable parks, we've probably replaced around 35,000 pounds of fertilizer every year, the more synthetic kind, with a natural organic fertilizer. Um, we've eliminated the use of Roundup. And, now, you know, just by doing some rough math, that's about 400 ounces of Roundup that we're not spraying. Um, I talked about the weed control. That's about 4,400 ounces of weed control. Again, the synthetic stuff, that's a little harsher. Um, we've eliminated that from that park, and we've replaced it with a much more environmentally friendly option. So those are the kind of things that, you know, we've done already, and you can kind of put numbers to. So, you know, moving forward, what does this look like, right? Um, I can paint you a picture uh, of what I, I think we're headed at or headed toward, um, and imagine this, if you will. So... Park district crew pulls up to a park, and they've got a truck with a trailer and a crew inside the truck. So the truck is running on propane. Well, the nice thing about the propane is that it's a cleaner fuel, so it emits far less emissions than the diesel or gas alternatives that we could have used. And on the trailer are two mowers that both run on propane. Again, as they go about doing their business about the park, right, far fewer emissions. Um, when the guys get out and they're going to do some string trimming, they're using battery-operated string trimmers. So no emissions at all emitted on those, right? If they're going to do some fertilizer, they're going to do a little fertilizing with organic fertilizers. If they've got to do weed control, we've already talked about the, the least toxic option. So, you know, that's where we're headed. And, you know, I think it's a wonderful way to go. Um, and I can tell you that not in every park on every day do we have that situation happening, but we've already seen it in a few parks on some days. So as we get better at this, we'll do more of it. That's great. I love the way you explain that. It's just so easy for to pe for people to comprehend where the district is headed. And it just plays right into one of our core values, which is about environmental stewardship. So I think that's excellent. Now, the Sustainable Parks Initiative, that's a piece of the district's long-term land management plan. Is that correct? What What is the mm -hmm. purpose of the land management plan kind of as the overall umbrella? And what does it encompass? Okay, well, you know, we are very fortunate to have a lot of natural areas located within the parks, right? Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's a forest area or a small prairie remnant, or maybe it's an aquatic thing, you know, like a pond or a little lake, um, and the associated areas around it, we have some wonderful natural resources. Um, but like anything, you know, if you don't maintain it, you know, they lose their integrity. They, right. they can't do what it is they're supposed to do. So, you know, in any case, what we, when you've got resources like that that you're going to manage, you have to do an inventory. So they've all been inventoried, right? Mm -hmm. We know what they are. And then we have to do an assessment. And we look at them each year and we decide, okay, where are these natural areas at? Are they in good shape? Could they use a little work? Could they use a lot of work? Right? So then that factors into the budget process and we develop our plans typically in a three-year outlook as to what uh, parks or what natural areas are going to get worked on and how we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And this is huge because, you know, they are, we are very fortunate to have these areas, um, but we want them to be sustainable. You know, and the definition of sustainability is what, right? You can use it, but you're not destroying the resource, right? right. You want it there for the next generation. And I think now more than ever, it's super important that we manage these areas because, you know, 
open green space is a dwindling thing in this area, right? Mm-hmm. Um, everybody talks about climate change. You used to call it global warming, same idea. You know, these natural areas actually help offset that. So it's, it's incumbent on us to be good stewards and make sure that we keep these things up in the best shape that we possibly can. That's great. Mm-hmm. And Tim, I love it that, you know, I mean, Carl takes care of the central part of things. You're in the southern area, and I just, I'm watching you nod your head, and it's, it's so great to see that alignment across the board that, I mean, this is, it's a district-wide initiative, and you obviously buy into that as well, and that's great. Well, and Carl's been doing, you know, this for a while, and um, he's kind of the, the, the godfather amongst us park managers <laughs> when it comes to a lot of this thinking. Um, sure. So it's, it's been neat to have that resource, um, somebody to, to bounce ideas off of, to learn from, and uh, then implement them in our own divisions. That's great. That's very cool. Well, I'm going to turn to you for my next question too, Tim. Um, switching gears a little bit, we're talking about the exciting new parks that we've got coming online in 2020. And we've talked about this in a couple of other episodes and kind of teed up the idea of the 95th Street Community Plaza, and then also Wolf's Crossing, which is going to be opening toward the end of summer. Um, I'm sure that you and your team are really anticipating a, a busy year, busy season to come. And I know you guys are already busy because you've got a lot of park inventory in the, the south area of the community. What steps have you taken to plan for the extra time and effort that these two new parks are going to add to your workload? Well, for me, um, you know, this was a, it was a neat process for me because it was the first time I got to see some of these large-scale parks, you know, the, the planning and the mm-hmm. developing from the very beginning all the way uh, to the to the end um, here, coming up to here in 2020. Um, but so the process for both of these parks pretty much started back in the fall of 2018, and we started to focus on the design and layout of the park and the choice of some of the amenities that are within those parks. And eventually, once the design of those parks was more fully in place, we created a maintenance plan based on the amenities that helped establish um, anticipated labor hours and maintenance needs. You start thinking about uh, different materials like grass seeds, fertilizers, custodial supplies, um, and help help us start to to put together a number and, and quantify uh, what those financial impacts might be, what the you know just how the the day to day labor hours and 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 work plan going into those things would start to form. Once we got to the fall of 2019, we started the budget process for 2020. And that really required us to focus in and dial in into more of the details of those numbers and come up with some specifics. After analyzing the labor hours, uh, the South Division was fortunate enough to be awarded some additional full-time and part-time help. And, uh, you know, as we move into the maintenance of those when those parks come online, um, we're we're basically going to start off relying on the maintenance plan we developed almost a year and a half ago, and we'll make the adjustments as we become more familiar with the needs of the individual parks. Fortunately, I have a really experienced staff, and they're all excited and they're ready to jump into it. And one more thing I'd like to add, um, you know, we're looking at setting up some volunteer groups to help assist with some of the needs in the uh, in both parks. Um, Right now, in speaking with uh, Brad Wilson, who's our, our director of recreation, he offered to, um, you know, or his observations were we're going to need some of those those groups. And uh, specifically at like the 95th Street Plaza, um, it's going to have its own almost mini river walk type vibe um, with a lot of higher end landscaping. 
Wolf's Crossing is going to have a couple of giant rain gardens. Um, both of those will kind of be new for the South Division. So uh, we're, we're eager to see what we can, what we can do. Um, we're, we're loving the opportunity to work with some of these volunteer groups, and, and we just couldn't get it done without the uh, help of, of those volunteers. Definitely. And it sounds like even with all your experience and your staff's experience, there's still a lot of learning that you guys can, can do, which is great. New amenities and, and new things to consider, and that's got to make things exciting for you. There will be. Um, you know, it's it's nice to, to experience some of these fresh and, and different types of, mm-hmm. of amenities and um, new ideas that uh, I know a lot of the members of the community came to, to the groups to help plan right. out some of the um, features in the parks, and uh, we're, we're excited. That's cool. And now all that extra work aside, which park that's going to be in the south, you know, either 95th Street or Wolf's Crossing, or is there a particular amenity that you're most looking forward to and why? Yeah, I, I was um, thinking about that, and, and I guess I almost have to cheat and say both. Um, <laughs> and, and part of the reason for that is uh, the, the collaboration that went on from the very beginning. When you see board members and the executive director and leadership team members all the way down, mm-hmm. um, the, the enthusiasm and excitement that these parks are bringing on, it's it's really easy to want to jump in and, and just be a part of it. Um, Every day, I've got staff members who come in and, and say, "What about this? You know, how mm-hmm. can how can we you know look at that or make it better or tell me about this?" And the the just the excitement overall from all the different people involved, mm-hmm. it it's uh, it's I, I guess it's 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 something that we're all looking forward to. Um, you know, both sites are going to have splash pads, which will be fairly new to the district. Sure, um, there'll be a lot of fun, I think, for a lot of the the younger kids. Uh, it's a, it brings an aquatics element to the south side of town, mm-hmm. which we haven't had before. At Wolf Crossing, um, we'll have a sports court area that's going to feature basketball, volleyball, tennis. We'll have our, our own dedicated pickleball courts, which we haven't had on the right. south side before. Um, next to the splash pad, there's going to be a giant playground. Uh, it's got a couple different areas. It's got a zip line. Um, the, the designs look amazing on it. I know they spent a lot of time currying uh, the public and, and trying to figure out right. what interests uh, people to, to and, and would cause them to come visit this park specifically. Mm-hmm. On the west side of the park, we're going to have a giant picnic pavilion. Next to that, there'll be a fitness area. There'll be a, a challenge course. There'll be a 40-yard dash course. All of those are kind of unique to the district. Mm-hmm. So we're adding a lot of... Um, new flair and, and different items uh, that we haven't had before. There'll be a sled hill that will be lighted, so that park will almost become a true four-season park uh, that people will get to enjoy different amenities at all throughout the year. At the uh, 95th Street uh, Community Plaza, in addition to the splash pad, um, there's just going to be an awesome playground that uh, has special features borrowing from storybook themes mm-hmm. and characters. A lot of custom features are going into that, so it's not going to be your typical looking playground. We'll have the Wagner family band shell. That's going to provide a lot of different opportunities to host events, uh, maybe like yoga programs in Mm -hmm. the morning or various types of concerts or different activities ranging from uh, the concert in your park or the movie nights or possibly lunchtime entertainment. Um, So I I think, uh, again, with the, the, the exciting part is all the feedback received from the community. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're really expecting both of these parks to be a a huge success. 
Um, there was a lot of collaboration, uh, specifically at the plaza, uh, 95th Street Plaza with the library and the school district. So right. a lot of different groups buying in and offering support, uh, a lot of different types of uh, members and focus groups all got mm-hmm. to, got their chance to, to offer a little bit of uh, insight into what they were looking for. So just overall, a lot of uh, fresh ideas, a lot of uh, new amenities coming on our side of town. We're really excited That's for great. it. It'll be fun to see both of those areas come to fruition. Yes. Uh, ribbon cutting ceremonies eventually that we'll, we'll host and have the community be a part of those. We can't wait. Yeah, it's excellent. Mike, finally, I'm getting over to you. You're <laughs> being so patient. Um, so with this time of year and that being late winter and kind of on the cusp of spring, probably feels like the calm before the storm for you and, and Tim, who's over at Naperbrook. I know that we're, we're all talking about getting started here on some renovations. So kind of the, the golf realm isn't without some newness that, you know, it's going to be forthcoming too. So I'm just curious kind of where you are in your operation with the planning and coordination and, and making sure that everything runs smoothly from the operation in general, and then also as you're anticipating these renovations that are forthcoming. Sure. Uh, to start off, um, the planning for these renovations has been going on probably for the last five years, mm-hmm. back to uh, Springbrook's renovation on the practice facilities in the fall of uh, 2016. So it's been uh, very encouraging to see that the district's moving forward with uh, investing back into the golf courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, our customers are super excited about the plans that are coming forward. I think something that's uh, going to be super important in the next couple seasons for Golf in general is going to be our communication to our customers. Right. So um, understanding what's going on, which golf course, the time frame, being able to communicate that to the, to our customers so that they're not impacted and, and being able to use our facilities effectively is going to be a, a, a huge part. So whether that's going to be signage or if it's going to be on our website, mm-hmm. if that's going to be through social media. I know that you've worked with Kevin about developing a plan to, to have these renovations posted on our website so that customers right. can access that information and, and kind of stay up to speed with what's happening, uh, posting pictures of the renovations as we go through those things just to mm-hmm. give some insight on what's happening and, and some expected timelines as well. That's great. And definitely marketing communication is going to be a big part of that really over the next couple of years as Naperbrook undergoes renovations and then, of course, as Springbrook does. Um, what is happening specifically at Naperbrook this year with the renovations and kind of what's the rough timetable? And then also, what do Naperbrook's renovations mean as far as Springbrook is concerned this year? Sure. Um, the renovation will start this August. And it'll be very similar to the work that was completed at Springbrook in the fall of 2016. So we're looking at uh, renovating the driving range T-top. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, a big part of our facilities. And so uh, providing a quality turf for our customers, an expanded space, um, one of the things with the renovations in general, which has been super positive for Springbrook uh, after it's been completed, is is the availability of that space for our lesson programs as well as just the regular day-to-day operations and the usage for, for customers. So um, Naperbrook's tee box will be moved back slightly towards the clubhouse. It'll give it a little bit more depth, a little bit more width to it, accommodating a little bit more uh, customers in general. Uh, when we have some of our high school programs and uh, whatnot that are out there, um, schools tend to kind of take over our space and so there's not a lot of room for our customers Mm -hmm. Um, so once we've done some of those renovations like at Springbrook it's really kind of opened that up so the the timetable for what's happening at uh, Naperbrook specific 
specifically is going to be the month of August into probably mid-September, the driving range T will be closed completely. Mm -hmm. um, once we reopen that, it'll be restricted to mat use probably through the remainder of the fall and probably up until Memorial Day of 2021. <laughs> okay. uh, same time frame that we did at Springbrook, it worked out fine. Um, some customers don't necessarily prefer to hit off of AstroTurf mats, but that's what we'll have available. As far as the work on the putting green at Naperbrook, uh, kind of fall into that same time frame. Um, once that is uh, expanded, we'll have the same benefits to our customers as far as usage. Mm -hmm. uh, like the putting green at Springbrook, we made that area much more level, which allows for more use. Um, Springbrook's old practice green had a lot of undulation. Naperbrook's is, is fairly similar with that, and, and so the whole locations that are available on those greens are, are somewhat limited, and mm -hmm. so with the, the change to that space, we'll be able to add additional holes. There'll be more opportunity for people to practice on their individual hole. They won't have to share. Some people feel intimidated being out on the practice green when they, they have to uh, a share a, a, a hole with somebody. So it'll be a nice addition for uh, Neighborbrook to kind of get up to a, a, a kind of a modernized practice facility. Mm -hmm. I know one of the things uh, when I was talking to Tim about this was um, they're gonna also going to be looking down the road a few years out, uh, adding another short game practice chipping green. Okay. And that will, um, again, alleviate some of that congestion around the putting green and give people a little bit more opportunity to, to hone in on their uh, skills as far as chipping and pitching and bunker play. Those all sound like great improvements. And I know it kind of Tim was talking earlier about the public feedback and participation. I know you guys had a lot of public feedback and participation as far as figuring out kind of what these projects would look like. Yeah, we, we did a couple open houses. We had mm -hmm. uh, a lot of concern from our regular golfers of sure. kind of what was going on with um, not only our practice facilities, but some of the renovations going forward with Springbrook. So it was nice to get that input. Mm -hmm. um, it really shows that people are, are, are invested in the community and what's going on. And, and there's a lot of uh, Naperville residents that feel like Springbrook and Naperbrook are, you know, their country club. Right. It's their home course. They love being out there. They, they enjoy their opportunities. So uh, it was great that we were able to provide that uh, opportunity for them to come out and voice their opinion. Definitely. And then I know you're probably anxious to talk a little bit about 2021 because your course, Springbrook, is going to get its turn with renovations. What is that going to look like? So, yes, this is definitely high on my list. I've been <laughs> uh, with the district for over 20 years, and it's something that I've uh, you know talked to Ray about when he first came on and, and just Springbrook needing a, a complete makeover, mm -hmm. basically, for its age. So, you know, one of the things that um, we hear a lot is the drainage issues at Springbrook. And so what that does on certain areas of the golf courses, it really kind of uh, affects the turf quality. It also restricts cart usage. Mm -hmm. And so when uh, the golf course isn't draining properly and we don't have carts, we lose a lot of customers. You know, thankfully we have Naperbrook, which tends to dry out much uh, more quickly and, and we can accommodate some of our customers over to Naperbrook. But for the most part, um, the, the drainage project is going to be probably the, the most important thing that we do at Springbrook. And so that will, again, improve uh, turf quality, improve usage. And, uh, you know, for us operationally, it's going to provide for more revenue, which ultimately is going to be reinvested back into the golf courses and, and help us continue to improve that facility. So along with the uh, drainage project, um, that's kind of the first step, but our, our bunker renovation. So 
the bunkers need somewhere to drain to, so we got to put the drainage in first. But basically, every bunker on the golf course is going to be renovated. So there's going to be change in the size of bunkers, mm-hmm. also the design. And so uh, there's a, a technique, which is referred to as the Better Billy Bunker, and it's a drainage system. And so we put that into our practice green that we have uh, at Springbrook. And so it drains way, way quicker, uh, allows for the sand quality to be consistent, doesn't get contaminated by soil. Mm-hmm. And so uh, our bunkers are going to be obviously draining, which is huge, but it's also going to give our customers a much better playing surface. To, uh, probably one of the, the concerns or complaints that our customers have about our current bunkers is that they just get a little bit too firm when they, you know, we have a, a kind of a washout and too much rain and then they dry out and it's a little bit harder to play out of. And so having a better sand quality is going to give that uh, player not a uh, better opportunity to, to play from our, our bunkers, which are deemed as hazards, so they're not supposed to be that easy, but it, <laughs> it will give them a better chance to get out of the sand um, and onto the green and, and hopefully lower their scores. So um, along with the, the bunker renovation, we're going to be doing uh, renovations to just about all of the tee boxes. So um, over time, right, the, the, the tee boxes are, have become a little bit unlevel. There's some areas that uh, are ideal for you know teeing off and with your driver and whatnot. So all the tee boxes will be renovated. They'll be leveled. Uh, the design will be changed, similar to the first tee, where it'll be a little bit more of a square tee box versus some of the uh, shapes that we currently have out there. So that's I think is going to be very exciting. I think one of the um, things about golf it's it's nice to be able to tee off on a level lie, mm-hmm. and so having that renovation to the golf course. Um, Maybe we're going to be adding a, f- a few different tees that will make some holes a little bit more playable for customers, uh, changing length. There's not a lot of room to go longer, but there's definitely areas on the golf course where we can make the golf course shorter. We have a, you know, a lot of senior golfers, our ladies that play out there, our junior players, so adding different tee boxes to give them a better opportunity to play will be uh, much appreciated, I'm sure, from our customers. And probably last on the list will be some changes to our cart paths. There's going to be some areas where once the tee boxes move, we'll have to move our cart path to accommodate that. Um, and then we'll be looking at some areas where uh, potentially we'll have almost continuous cart paths mm-hmm. on some of those areas where we've seen flooding and whatnot in the past and so that we can keep golf carts on the course and customers playing at Springbrook. Those are some major, major changes and really exciting. I mean, definitely going to impact the experience in a positive way. So I'm looking forward yeah, to that. So uh, maybe just to, to touch on the time frame for that sure. project. So, you know, we're, we're looking um, fall of 21. We're looking at probably mid-August. We might be shutting down completely. We're probably going to keep nine holes open mm-hmm. uh, maybe half of August as the construction begins. And then um, we probably won't be looking to reopen till end of May, early June, depending on how the weather cooperates sure. with growing with the, the renovations to the tee boxes and, and seeding those areas. It's all going to be up to Mother Nature to allow for those areas to grow in and, and get us back open for play. It'll all be worth it in the end, though, right? Oh, it's very exciting. <laughs> it is. Well, I want to thank you for your time, Carl, Mike, and Tim. There's a lot of great things on the horizon for the Park District, not only this year, but next year and in subsequent years as well. So it's exciting to continuously see the changes and improvements we're making for the community. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. The Naperville Park District's mission is to provide park and recreation experiences that promote healthy lives, healthy minds, and a healthy community. 
Park Talk podcast is a production of the Naperville Park District.